Welcome to Corona Stories, the place where people can be open and honest about their feelings and experiences of COVID, lockdown and related matters. I'm Christine Padgham and I co-host this podcast with my friend Sylvia. This podcast is not for profit, it will never be for profit and we are interested in hearing people's real views. We never censor and we are interested in all perspectives. Thank you for listening. Good morning! We did it! (laughs) That was the very upbeat Leanne Davis, who Sylvia and I interviewed together. We wanted to put this episode out there at a time when we felt that things were getting a bit dark again because Leanne is such a cheerful and upbeat person and this felt like the right moment. Please do enjoy this conversation. When I when I when it all kicked off last March April time last year I think what the way I felt was I'm quite fortunate because I've been building this online health and wellness business and I'm surrounded by a very supportive uplifting positive community um and I just felt really really sad when we went into that first lockdown thinking you know hang on there's there's people that are so isolated now there's people that are just by themselves with their own thoughts and that's sometimes never a good place to be so originally I set the group up thinking a little bit selfishly and a bit of time leverage for myself to kind of have all my friends in one place at the same time so we could all check in on each other quickly um and then it just grew and grew and grew and grew last year into I think we've got about 15,000 people on there now which is which is amazing it's amazing Mm -hmm. so uh welcome to today's podcast it's the 20th September and we have Leanne Davis with us and would you like to say hello Leanne I would good morning everybody hi Christine hi Sylvia thanks for having me on your amazing podcast well, thank you for joining thank us, you. and we're it's really, amazing we're really excited because Leanne just vibrates at a really high level. So <laughs> we, we're it's a sunny Monday morning, and we've yes. got our ray of sunshine, Leanne. Yes. Yay! It's, it's actually very sunny in Manchester as well, which is is oh. unheard of. It was very foggy this morning, and now the sun has shone down mm. on us all. So it's going to be a lovely day. It is. Well, if you think it's rare in Manchester, you should try Scotland. So it's definitely <laughs> a lucky day. Yeah. So, Leanne, do you want to tell us a bit about um, your background and, and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my background was really in the entertainment industry. I worked for many years as a dancer, singer, presenter, actress, jack of all trades, master of none, really. Had an amazing time, which is how I met my partner, who at the time was in Coronation Street. We then went on to have two beautiful boys, now 18 and 15. And for the last 11 years, um, I have been building an online health and wellness business called Arbom, which I absolutely love. Um, Arbom. Arbon, A-R-B-O-N-N-E. Yeah, it's an online health and wellness company. So I kind of... Sorry, I, was, yeah, I kind of got started with that, I think about 11 years ago now. Time just goes so quickly, doesn't it? And um, I think when when I was at home with the kids, you know, when you get to that point in your life where you're at this crossroads of, do I want to go back and do that? You know, I, I need time, flexibility, I need something I can kind of work around the kids and feels away a lot at that time. So it just ticked a lot of boxes for me. And 
I, I've, I've, you know, I've gone on to build an incredible online business with it over the last seven years, which has given me a lot of finances and, and, and time, time kind of flexibility um, to kind of do the things that I want to be doing. Um, and more recently, when the first lockdown hit last March time, um, uh, I was saying to you, to Christine earlier on that, you know, I was I was in a very fortunate position you know, due to this online business that I had. I'd been surrounded by like so many positive people, supportive, you know, forward thinking and um, empowering. And when the first lockdown kind of took hold, I just felt incredibly sad for a lot of people who didn't have that um, and that network to reach out to. So I decided to kind of start a group on Facebook called the Positive Vibes Community, which I have to admit to start with was a bit of a selfish thing because I kind of thought if I can get all of my friends together in one place and we can just check in on each other to make sure we're okay if we need anything. Um, and we started doing exercise classes on there. We started talking about health and wellness. We did lots of interviews with lots of lovely celebrities and actors and uh, sports personalities. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. I think so many people were looking for something to be part of. Um, I think we're about 15,000 people on the Positive Vibes community now. So, you know, it's, it's we don't do all of the activities that we did in the first lockdown because people have kind of gone back to their day-to-day -day routines a little bit more but um mm -hmm. i think it did help a lot of people to kind of keep their positivity um and their mindset in the right place on days so it's it sounds to me like you almost did a very similar thing to christine and i because we were a bit later than you we didn't do it in the first lockdown but in the summer once we kind of decided things just didn't make sense um and you know we had a couple of things going on in our, our personal lives that were just making life really difficult and even worse because of the situation of the pandemic. Yeah. And we thought, well, actually, we're still quite lucky. We're still quite privileged. And there'll be people out there that are being affected way more than us. Mm -hmm. So we set up our Scottish Corona Stories page. And um, people came forward with really horrific stories yeah. our page wasn't maybe as positive as yours in that sense but we were trying to yeah like, we were trying to provide support we, we needed more sunshine yeah definitely i mean i think you know any any group like that is just a blessing for a lot of people and we we probably take that kind of thing for yeah. granted um, but a lot of people, you know, were looking for, for, for an outlet. And I think yeah. one of my reasons also was, I mean, I've been down the rabbit hole with a lot of things for many years from my, from my early 20s. Um, so I know how once you kind of that rabbit hole is, is like opened a little bit. It is just a minefield. And I, I kind of went onto social media, onto my feed, and there were lots of things being posted, loads of different opinions, which is great. That's what it's for, freedom of speech. But for a lot of people, it's like, oh, my God, I never knew any of this stuff. And I think people just needed somewhere to go where it was actually, can we just switch off from it for a little while? We know this yeah. is going on, but can we just have a bit of relief, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think my page was more of the relief where yours is, was more of the um, information and, you know, the, the, the good stuff that people did need to hear. Well, ours wasn't really about information. It was, it was more just sort of recording people's historical experience. Yeah yeah um and the way that it was affecting people that perhaps weren't totally expected you know children not getting medical treatment yeah. you know yeah. but i do recognize now that in doing that we did become quite 
negative. Well, Earth. but sometimes people very... who are having a difficult time need somewhere yes, difficult. You uh, don't always it, need sunshine. But... No, you don't. But what we, we could have done with that positive vibes Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> I think a mix of both is good, isn't it? Because I think, you know, you're right there, Sylvia. People do need a place where that it's, it's okay to vent or it's okay to, like, you know, have your say about things or, or you tell your stories and get your, your story out there. But I also think it's it's and you guys probably had this as well. Um, you can you can be affected by so much by other people's energy, and it, it can start to lower your vibration. And when you get to that low point, I remember I got to actually earlier on this year, and I'm I'm probably one of the most positive people you'll meet. Um, I think it was round about April, May, June of this year, where it all just got very overwhelming for me, and and you know, because people would reach out to me and, and th th expect that positivity and, and that's what that's what they would get. But then I was finding myself being drained. I did have to take myself out of the game for a little bit and kind of take care of myself, my mindset and just, you know, the self-care that was needed for myself. Um, yeah. Because you can't fill from an empty cup, can you, as the old saying goes? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, but what I have noticed, interestingly, is that, the group has sort of had a bit of a lull over the summer. You know, it's it's almost like people have been doing a bit better, yeah. but in recent weeks, it's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think it's going to go in cycles now, isn't it? Because I think people are kind of on the, that verge of like, you know, when's the next lockdown coming? We know something's coming. It just, at the minute, it just feels a little bit uncomfortable for everybody because we're, we're all so unsure it's kind of like that, they call it the flinch mode, don't they? You know, when you kind of, you don't know whether you're going forward or backwards, you're just kind of in this like state of panic and uh, anxiety. Um, and I think everybody's more in that stage at the moment where they don't quite know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, because I think once you know this is happening or that's not happening, you can kind of make peace with it and get on with it. Whereas yeah. when you're in that flinch mode, you're just like, oh, you feel like you can't, you know, plan anything or organise things. So it's just, yeah, I think I've noticed I've noticed peaks and troughs on the positive vibes as well, where people plug in more. Um, like I say, we don't supply regular um, interviews or anything like that. We, I just do like a gratitude post in the morning and there's a couple of, you know, silly posts later on. So there's nothing kind of hard hitting on there. But um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's... Um... You know, it's interesting what you're saying, this sort of moment of indecision, and it's kind of like a moment of indecision in history. And in a way, I think people's attitudes and the way we vibrate as a nation is actually very important. Yeah. And um, I think we have to start lifting people out of the doldrums and mm -hmm. try and get them feeling a bit more positive. Yeah. I've certainly been noticing, I'm not really somebody that would have spoken about vibrations before but I've been noticing that a lot of these rules that have been so oppressive and that I considered so oppressive I'm not sure this is a good thing or not but you know in the winter time there I was just so outraged at the awful things that were happening to people and the complete overreach by the government the government get involved in things that it really had no business being involved in but now I realise that these rules are so flimsy and so easily ignored, really. Yeah. 
and because I've got, had more and more experience of pushing back on it, I actually am feeling more positive. But it's like, okay, you're telling me, like, for example, I've used this example several times, the council is reinstating swimming lessons and it told me, well, they told me, well, you can um, bring your children to swimming lessons, but you're not allowed to take them into the changing rooms. They'll have to get themselves changed. And then they'll have to go through swimming lessons, which you're not allowed to observe. And then you'll have to get them back out. They'll have to get themselves ready from swimming, you know, like after swimming. And I was just like, this is absolutely absurd. So I said, no, I'm not putting them back to swimming lessons then if those are the conditions. But then I was speaking to somebody who's actually been experiencing it. And I thought, well, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put them back in their swimming lessons. I'm just going to go into the changing room and help my children get ready for swimming lessons. And then I'm going to go upstairs and watch them from the gallery. And then I'm going to go back into the changing room and help them get changed. Well, you, you just ignore it. Yeah. Because, like, because, because the people who make these don't look at the full picture. And the reality is, if you've got a little daydreamer child like I do, they'll never make the pool if you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of those as well. <laughs> it's just, it's also like the whole testing and... Like when we, I'm ideologically opposed to having myself uh, tested medically if there's no medical outcome. Yeah. So when we had COVID in the summer and tested responders because they knew that we, you know, we'd been exposed to COVID and fair enough, we had. I was sick at the time. And they said, right, so we'll send you out some testing kits for you and your children. And I said, no, I'm not going to be tested. Mm. And they said, okay then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we get my. I've got a fifteen-year-old who's at secondary school, and he gets sent home these boxes of lateral flow tests, and mine are just like piling up in the cupboard in in the washroom. Um, the only time I've used one actually is when my eighteen-year-old was going to a festival a couple of weeks ago, and he had to have one to actually get in. So that's the only time I've ever done one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember back in way before it came across the UK. I remember Phil, um, my partner, he he watches the news far more than me. Watching the mainstream media completely lowers my vibration, so I don't have, don't really watch it very often. Um, but he was talking about this 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 thing in China, and he was like, "It's getting quite serious." This, and I was like, "Oh, whatever, blah blah blah." Um, and then we actually went off to Switzerland um, for a spa weekend in the January, and he was incredibly poorly and looking back on it then we came back and then I came down with it and we ended up having to go to the walk-in centre to get some well they prescribed at the time antibiotics and and I think then Phil went on to have steroids but um but I definitely think we had coronavirus back then in the in the January 2020 before it obviously became a massive thing here in the the late February early March <clears throat> but it wasn't you nice. think you were patient zero Leanne <laughs> say that again honey were you patient zero <laughs> I think I was I think I was, I was <laughs> <pioneer>. thanks. <laughs> thanks so much for what you brought to me <laughs> maybe it was me that brought it back to the UK who knows <laughs> I think it was I think it's just been decided here yeah, I'll yeah. Take you're, that. you're responsible for this yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> But I think so many people looking back think that they it. might have yeah. had it. And you thought you might have had it, but, but then I you got it this summer. And, and then decided. I knew that I'd had it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely, I, well, I certainly would say that you know when you've had COVID. Yeah. 
Oh, yes, definitely. Similar. I mean, I think it's like, you know, I, I, I've only had flu once and that was about four years ago. And pre prior to that, I think I told people I had flu maybe about five or six times, but I had never had flu. <laughs> once I had flu, I knew that that was a completely yeah. different scenario. Um, and that was the same with, you know, when we were poorly in January, it was just like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Um, and I know Phil is still really feeling the effects of it, especially with his breathing and um, different things. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously we've not been tested for it or it, there's no test to say whether we did have it. Um, is well, mm -hmm. funnily enough, my husband recently did an antibody test uh -huh. um, to see if we had been exposed. But I mean, that's not conclusive in any event. But for those people that are not familiar with the antibody test, I tell you, be careful what you sign up for because it's horrific. Because, really? Yeah, you, you have to prick the end of your index finger and before you do this you have to soak your hand you have to do star jumps and things <laughs> and then you have to fill an entire vial of blood wow. from your index finger now this is normally I think traumatic for anybody but when your husband is a little bit phobic of his own blood he's fine with anyone else's but his own kind of means he's going to pass out <laughs> I think that sounds like a very difficult test. Yeah, I, I had to, you have to kind of run your finger down the, run your hand down the finger so that it's almost like you're milking the blood out. <laughs> and my brother, you know, when I was doing this and, you know, my husband is over six foot and I suddenly became aware of this gibbering, quivering wreck <laughs> coming on to me and I thought, oh my God, if he goes down, <laughs> I can't hold him up. <laughs> but he was incredibly brave and he fought through it. So can I just say to anybody out there that might think they might want an antibody test, think carefully, think yeah. hard. Yeah. And, um, it doesn't really tell you anything. And what well, were your results though, Sylvia, when they did when it came back? No antibodies, but that doesn't mean that you haven't had antibodies in the past and it yeah. doesn't mean... This whole antibodies thing yeah. winds me up because this is, uh, since last summer when they started talking about blooming antibodies, I was like, why are, we, why are we talking about antibodies in terms of immunity? Because so many people won't... I mean, I know nothing about it, Leanne, basically. Mm. And yet even I know from my children's um, toddler's book of the body, I know that antibodies win really quickly and sometimes you don't make them at all during an infection yeah. because you don't need to. And then, um, like, for example, you know, when I got COVID, I wasn't, I mean, I knew it was definitely weird and I didn't feel very good, but it passed quite quickly and there's very little likelihood that I made any antibodies because I didn't need them. Yeah. And they win after immunity. time. Because yeah. if you didn't, if you kept your antibodies for the rest of your life for every infection you've ever had your blood would be like soup <laughs> it wouldn't be blood no it'd be full of white blood cells. yeah, it's yeah really, absolutely really weird yeah so uh, with your health and well-being business what are your perspectives on people's like what 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 has been the most striking thing that you've noticed from a health and well-being point of view over the last 18 months? What do you think we've lost? 
Well, what we've lost, what we've gained, for me, I mean, I've, like I said, I've got an online business with, and we do all sorts of nutrition and um, skincare and, you know, every variety of, of health and wellness. Um, for me, actually, last year, I mean, I'd been in business for 11 years, but I had my best year in business ever. Um, and I think people were more open to learning how to take you know care of themselves how to look after their gut health how to you know have good nutrition and I think that's been something that's been seriously lacking from any angle really we've been all we've been all that's been fed to us is, is fear-mongering and constant lowering of our immune system which when you like talking about the vibrations earlier on when you do lower your vibration it affects your immune system so all this NLP that's been put out there by the government is literally just lowering everyone's vibration everyone's immune system which obviously makes you more susceptible to to picking things up to getting poorly to being depressed um yeah i mean i think what we have to clarify for people we're not saying that by looking after yourself you'll be totally immune to covid but it just means that maybe the severity of the illness won't be as bad maybe your body will be more capable of fighting the infection yeah absolutely i mean this, it, there's no guarantee for anybody we're all you know not there's no guarantee with anything for anybody but i just think people people do take their bodies for granted i think it's been a chance for us all to go actually i'm so grateful for my body i'm so grateful for you know the health that i've got for the ability for me to go out and, and get fresh air to exercise to to actually fuel my body with good nutrition um and I think a lot more people have been had their eyes open to actually what what we put inside our bodies and also what we put onto our skin has a massive effect on everything we do on, on our whole health, health and wellness. So I think there's been a massive awakening in that area. Um, going back to your question, what have we lost? What in what terms do you mean, Christine? And lost it lost in what? I just wonder, I really mean, I think I was meaning more long term and you've kind of answered it in the you know in recent years I think we've yeah we've lost sight of the control that we can have over our own health I know myself that I have been quite guilty of like just going to the doctor or taking a pill for something yeah. instead of actually asking why is this happening yeah like, exactly because I think the doctors all they do is it's it's like once you're ill once you know they they prescribe whereas mm -hmm. you know we've, we've got to make that shift to preventative and what can we do now to prevent it happening and doctors are not trained in that mm -hmm. they're just trained to prescribe for an illness um mm -hmm. but they're not trained to tell you how to you know prevent things from happening um and I think if we can educate people on that especially my I mean I've got two teenagers so you know one of the one of the things I'm most grateful for about starting my my online business 11 years ago is is I'm not a nutritionist I don't claim to be a nutritionist but I am surrounded by a lot of people in the nutrition industry um so I have learned a lot of things that I didn't know when they were younger um I wish I did have known I wish I had have known it when I was younger but you know what you can't uh, turn back the clocks but they have grown up from like the age of five and seven learning about foods that fuel them foods that you know are harming their body and you know foods that are just like emotional you know rather than actually satisfying so you know I've got an 18 and a 15 year old now incredibly healthy one of them is about to turn a professional boxer the other one is um 
uh, he wants to be a bodybuilder. He's getting bigger by the. He's actually my my best non-paying customer right now. He's like literally eating me out of protein and protein bars. Like you'll never know. I need to get him to move out quick. Um, but it's just one as, as a parent. I think that's one of the most rewarding things to see your kids make those healthy choices and in fact they're they're actually keeping me on my toes really <laughs> when i want to reach for the chips and the the alcohol <laughs> they're like reminding me of why i'm doing it <laughs> yeah i think it, it's interesting you know you're talking about you've kind of gone down the rabbit hole uh -huh. and i just wondered because i've noticed that a lot of people who are maybe open to kind of our perspective or maybe people that have had problems with their health in the past in the past and have been disillusioned by doctors and health services and have you know yeah. felt that they weren't able to be treated or maybe disillusioned is that they've become aware of the limitations on yeah. that kind of vision. Well, I think some will be disillusioned. Yeah. I, I think for me, when I when I was saying earlier about, you know, when I noticed a lot of people on that verge of like looking at that rabbit hole, <clears throat> I actually went you know, full force down it in my early mid early to mid twenties when I was a massive follower of David Icke back then. I absolutely just I remember listening to him at a, um, a lecture and it just he just opened my eyes to a whole new way of the world and you know i'm not saying everything he says is was incredible um and maybe he did turn people away with the lizard speech um but really most of the things 99% of the things that he says are very very true very on point very um and but for me i remember at that age when i was about 25 26 like having my eyes opened to the way the world was run the different you know powers that be and it blew my mind it literally I just felt that everything that I had been told and taught and believed and kind of took as my belief sector um it just like literally bonfired it all it was like it all went up in smoke and it was like I just had to look at the world through a different way and it did play it did mess with my head for a few years and it, you know once you see it you can't unsee it yeah no it's true it's true yeah. and I, I think for me part of that was you know I I worked in a law center and you know helping people with their debt problems and their health problems um, and their housing problems and actually just seeing how the system trapped these people yeah. in poverty and yeah. and actually just coming to the realization because to be honest I was maybe a bit of a snotty teenager who had been brought up to sort of old people that are poor they haven't worked they're uneducated and actually it's not true no. No. it's not true it's I think there's awake people all over the world and, and from, from all different classes. And that's that's mm. what's so wonderful about what's going on right now is there's so many people that are coming together, you know, yeah. to to kind of have that same belief system. It's just it's just the thing that's probably surprised me the most is the people that can't see it. And the more you see it, the more you think, how can't you see it? And it's just I yeah. think that's the frustration, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it seems to be the more highly educated people are, the less they're able to see it. 
yeah maybe the more they've been indoctrinated because they've 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 they've, they've played the system haven't they they've gone to school they've gone to university that they're so deep inside the indoctrination that they can't actually take the wool away from their eyes and also some people don't want to believe that what they've believed for 30 40 50 years is you know is is not true or is different you know and i think i think i think i think a little differently because a lot of these people, it's not even that they're indoctrinated, they're trapped. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who see it, but don't want to speak out, feel they can't speak out because they've got their mortgage to pay. They've got, you know, it's not necessarily that they've been educated not to see it, but they're trapped within the system and they have to play the game. Well, exactly. We're going to see so much more of that over the next 12 to 24 months, aren't they? When they they, they start to bring the the mandate in for employees who, you know, no jab, no job and all of this malarkey. I mean, this is going to cause chaos, absolute chaos. But people, again, it's, it's kind of like they keep grabbing that Achilles heel. First of it was holidays. Then it was the, you know, your kids can't go back to school. And it, it then it's like no jab, no job. It's like, let's where where can we hurt them the most? So they go and get this injection. Um, so I think that's going to cause a lot of chaos over the next couple of years. This is the, this is the irony and it always happens to people when crimes like this are committed against them. Yeah. People don't speak out because they've got their mortgage to pay and they've got, they say, well, I can't, I can't speak out because I would lose my job. And it's like, look, buddy, you're going to lose everything. Yeah. If you don't speak out, we're all going to lose everything. You have nothing. Yeah. And I remember a conversation that I had in January. I won't go into the details of it because it's too controversial. <laughs> but somebody who was meaning very well um, said to me, you have to be careful because you're so outspoken. And what will happen is, you know, you'll just, you could just be accused. He was talking about the breach of the peace legislation in Scotland now, which is so flimsy, you can basically be charged with breach of the peace for doing anything. And he said, you have to be aware of this. I said, so what, what would happen if I get charged and like found guilty of breach of the peace? And he said, well, you could go to jail. And I was like, what you're describing is jail. <laughs> you're yeah. telling me that I can't say like lockdown is wrong and what's being done to our children is wrong because I might end up in jail. It's like, that is a, you're describing a prison yeah. to me yeah. in our place. It's just people don't want to face up to that, that, you know, we all have a responsibility to push this stuff back. Yeah. And, and if everybody just, that, just like I was saying, it's so easy to say no to these rules. You just say, no, I'm not doing it. No, I am actually going to visit my grandmother. Or, no, I am actually going to drive into the next council boundary. You just say no and you just do it because you have a sovereign right. You are a free, you're born free. You know, if people just would have a little bit more courage and speak up. Yeah. then it would be much easier but for I think everyone. the courage breeds courage. Yeah. Because once you've stepped over the line once, once. twice, mm-hmm. then you think, okay, not so bad. You know, you have to kind of dip your toe in the water, test it. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a bit like going in the swimming pool, isn't it? Everybody, when they're in, they say, it's not that bad once you're in. <laughs> yeah, just get your head wet and you're, you're good. <laughs> yeah no I totally agree I totally agree I think um 
I think what we all need to be looking for, though, is ways that we can reach more people, because I have a lot of friends of the, of the same beliefs as us um, on social media who I think, to be fair, at the beginning, they did get it wrong, because when you're when you're attacking people for what they believe at that time, it, it is wrong because it's, it has to be more of an education process. Like we say, you know, some, for some people, it's it is like looking at that rabbit hole for the first time and, and actually looking at things with different different glasses on. Um, and I did kind of see a lot of my friends like very aggressively, like call people out. And, you know, I don't think that is ever the way forward. But I think we do need to find a way to collectively share our opinion, share our story, share our beliefs um, in a different way. And I don't think Facebook actually now is that way. It really isn't. And because of all the censorship, the um, the what do they call it? the shadow shadow banning and everything it's you're not getting your message out the people that are seeing your message are the people that are visiting your site who believe what you believe anyway so we're not actually really affecting many people um or no, getting other I, people to I, see it i go with the principle of so subtle seeds of doubt and yeah. subtle seeds of ideas that might then grow because yeah. if you confront somebody full on you know, if somebody confronted me full on, I'm not going to take on anything. I would just be really angry that they've approached me like that. So I definitely think yeah, we have to get back to the art of conversation. Absolutely. I mean, every time I'm, I mean, I do have a lot of conversations about this. I'm not as vocal as a lot of people on my social media feeds, um, but I do have a lot of conversations. I do do the radio shows. I do podcasts. I do, I do, you know, all sorts of interviews. Um, but I do, whenever I'm with anybody, obviously it always comes around to that conversation anyway, doesn't it? It's like the hot topic. And I do let people know what my opinion is on it. And I've had several friends when I've met them and, you know, I've shared my reasons for not being vaccinated and shared my, my beliefs on what's going on in the world. And they kind of look at me and go, well, actually, I wish I'd not got mine now. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's just kind of getting people to see it in a different way. And then maybe that conversation will have an impact and a knock on effect with somebody that they speak to. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think we need to find a better way to kind of get the information out there and share it with people, because I think especially with Telegram and things like that, most of the people that are on there are of the same belief already. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think to be fair to ourselves, I like I started um my journey, whatever this has been, a year ago, because so I've been looking at my Facebook posts from a year ago because the memory, you know, I've been looking at memories. And it's interesting that looking back on it, I mean, I have alienated some people and, uh, you know, there's been issues, people have had issues with things that I've said, but looking back on it in September last year, I was wondering if it would be a bit painful reading my posts and if they were aggressive or angry, and they weren't. No. I just presented people last year with data to show that yeah. testing the same banana, basically that was what I was posting. And the more, we were doing so much more testing, getting so many fewer positives. And I was like, what are we even doing? This thing's over. And it should have been over then. Yeah. But it wasn't. And just doing that made people really, really angry. And actually looking back on it now, a year on, I think, no wonder I became, I think probably October, November, December, I did get a bit angry. And it's no wonder because I was presenting people with evidence, just cold, hard facts from the government's own yes. data. And they were so upset. And I didn't understand at the time, but I do now. 
that the reason they got so upset was because I was pulling the rug out from under their feet. But Absolutely. I, I wasn't being angry or aggressive. And yet it still made people angry. And so that's the trap that we are in. Yeah. Is that there's really no way to present this to people. But I think what you did, Christine, was was the perfect way to go. You know, you're presenting facts that you have taken that, you know, they're they're there for people to see. Um, well, right. uh, whereas a lot of people got aggressive on social media, and that that mm. therefore the people that were presenting the facts, like yourself and other people, you kind of all got put in the same bracket. You know mm. what I mean? Because they were they were being bombarded, and and I mean some of the posts that I did see last year were just like seriously, you know that's just not right. Please, whatever your beliefs, there's no need to be that nasty about someone else's beliefs, and um. And some of the like random posts and facts that were not, not factual at all, that's what caused the confusion. Yeah. Well, I just feel like there was no we have I felt I feel like last summer we were in a trap and there was no way for us to get out of it. But I do sense now that people are starting to think, you know, what is going on here? This is ridiculous. And you know, people do start to notice that the goalposts keep moving and that we're pursuing, nobody, I don't think anybody actually understands now, I don't think anybody understands what we are trying to achieve here. Yeah. No, like, I, I, I mean, I, sorry, go on, carry on. You know, they said, oh, once we get the vulnerable vaccinated, then, you know, we'll go back to normal. And it was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And I, and even at that time, I thought, well, okay, it's an experimental technology. It's a vaccine we know very little about. But yeah, fair enough. Okay, the very vulnerable might wish to choose to take this vaccine. Fine. But I knew that it wouldn't stop there. But that story did make sense. But now it's like, okay, so now we're vaccinating absolutely everyone. And if you've not got a vaccine, you can't get a job. And now we're doing boosters. Yeah. <laughs> what? How did we... What happened here? I don't understand. I just what? think, Christine, I said it on the radio show the other day. I just think we in the UK, especially, we've just bought way too many vaccines and we're like, shit, who, we can, who can we give it to next? You know, let's just get rid of it. There's a lot of people making a lot of money from it. Why did they buy too many vaccines when you only wanted to vaccinate vulnerable? Well, exactly. It's just, it's a, just a big uh, shift of wealth that's going on right now, isn't it? And it's, <clears throat> moving towards a different economy and I honestly think we have had this middle class for for many years now I just think that that's going to get pushed apart and there'll be you'll be either lower class or you'll be in the the higher class and that they'll that I honestly think that moving forward that's where we'll go to it's a, it's a horrible and scary thought it um but it's but, the kids that they're 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 after, really, isn't it? I mean, the kids and, and like I say, the NLP that's been used over the last eighteen months has just been yeah. ridiculous. And uh, you know, I'm not an NLP practitioner, but you know, you can blatantly see the language, the body movements, the 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 the, the things that they've implemented for the children, um, and, and some of those kids won't know any different. Yeah, mm. I th- I think one of the things that amazes me about this constant drive for more vaccination is because we're between 70 and 80% who've had both doses. And it's just like, but surely the last 20% don't really matter. 
you know, exactly. you, you kind of flip that amount where but, surely you're thinking you've got your herd immunity. And yet they still have all these rules coming about how to force people to get the vaccine. And to me, that just doesn't quite sit with an 80% uptake. It really doesn't. I mean, I don't agree with these figures at all. I mean, the government really wants us to believe that we are in the minority. Um, And I think that's how they've... uh, survived a lot of this really like making all of the people that are you know not anti-vax some of some people are anti-vax some people are kind of just sat in the middle some people are like unsure um we're we're a bigger group than than actually they want us to think and they want us to believe that we're in the minority and all of these people have said yes it's again a, a real good nlp technique but um i honestly just think there's there's way more people than that that haven't Mm. Well, I don't disagree with you because, but it's still, you would think other people that do believe it would be like, well, hang on, why, why are you could, still driving? You've also got this funny thing going on where they're saying in Scotland, apparently over 90% of our over 18s have been vaccinated. And then they're saying that there's lots of unvaccinated people in the hospital. And you're like, okay, well, hang on a minute. Who are all these unvaccinated? <laughs> So, okay, let's take that face value for a minute and say, right, so this 10% of the population that's unvaccinated is now becoming seriously, seriously ill with COVID. So much so that they need to go to hospital. Now, last summer, when the whole population was unvaccinated, that was not happening. So what's going on there? And of course, the thing is, it's established science that these are leaky vaccines. And what leaky vaccines do is they make the disease worse and they make the unvaccinated much more vulnerable to disease. Now, if that's what's happening here, then you could say, well, fine, everybody just gets vaccinated and then there's no problem. But there will always be some people who haven't been vaccinated or some people for whom the vaccine hasn't worked or people for whom their vaccines just run out and they become more vulnerable again. So in that case, we're on this sort of death spiral now where everyone needs to get vaccinated again. But we also know that they're counting people who were only vaccinated two weeks ago as unvaccinated in their hospital figures. <laughs> it's so, so you've got this 10% of the population actually unvaccinated, but then you've got these people who are getting really sick who aren't being counted, but yeah. who have been <laughs> Well, I shared the figures the other day, Christine, didn't I, on the radio show? You know, the, the average, like, death toll for the last nine weeks is normally around 81 and a half thousand people. I think we're at 89,000 people. Um, people for this for this last nine weeks. So we're, like, we're, we're way ahead of the five-year average um, yeah. for the last nine weeks. So what's everyone dying of? I had a friend, actually, who got coronavirus about... Uh, two months ago and he went into hospital and he was in hospital for about two and a half weeks and he was on a ward and there were I think there were 13 12 or 13 people on this ward and five of them made it home the other eight um unfortunately did pass away now four of them were double vaccinated and four of them were not vaccinated so you know the it, it, you're kind of taking a risk with everything you do aren't you yeah life is risk that is what life is there is you know and and if it wasn't then you know we'd be living in the garden of eden and yeah absolutely yeah yeah 
you know what was uh, funny? You'll find this, um, you might have heard it. Did you hear Fauci said, um, was it last week? Someone asked him, what about natural immunity? Because natural immunity seems to be better than vaccine immunity. We've done this big study in Israel and to be as better than vaccine immunity, which is absolutely no surprise to any person. Yeah. And Fauci, Fauci, the director of the National Allergies and Immunology, whatever it is, said, I don't know about natural immunity. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, it's maybe, just outrageous, maybe, isn't it? Maybe I'm sure the heads of the US National, what is it, Allergy and Immunology Institute? It's like, how do you not know about natural immunity? Because they can't make money from natural immunity. Long yeah. story short. <laughs> well, I just thought that was. It's an absolutely astonishing thing for the man. I think, I think you know, actually, I think this is something that's kind of permeated society. And I'm a great believer in nature. And man has, I don't think, ever done anything to emulate nature and done it no. better. Well, it was Rockefeller, wasn't it, that started the whole pharmaceutical companies. And um, the reason he started the pharmaceutical companies is you couldn't copyright a natural botanical. So he then plagiarized the natural botanical and made it into a synthetic one. Um, and he could copyright that and you could make money out of that. You can trademark it. So that's how like the botanical side of our health and well-being completely got trashed and then it was you know then he went on to kind of teach all the, the the doctors and that passed through that's how it all came about but um i think people are getting back to that more natural homeopathic um medicine and it, we have to because nature provides everything we need well i think it's very difficult for this concept not to stick in people's heads now that we have had to turn our whole society upside down ostensibly to protect the NHS. Yeah. And it's like the provider to our nation of medicine is so fragile that we can't live a normal life because we've got to protect our health service. Yeah. This doesn't make any it's just totally and insane. If, if you talk to anybody who works in the NHS, it's anything but protecting the NHS. No, I know they're, I mean, they're having their to isolate. Yeah. They're totally short of staff. So, Everybody's had yeah. enough left. So people are starting to realise I can I neither can nor should rely on this service as much as I do. I need to find another way. And we've got some friends, mm -hmm. Sylvia and I, who are like natural health practitioners, and they've also been saying that they've had a lot of um, inquiries and quite a lot of business recently. So yeah. there clearly is a shift happening. And I think that's quite exciting, actually. It is quite exciting. It is quite exciting because you, you're kind of taking your health back into your own hands again, aren't you? And you're deciding, actually, I'm going to, you know, we've got this complex human body here that we most of us know very little about. And I think it's really important to, you know, start learning different techniques. And I mean, it's even down to, you know, going back to the old yoga breath. I mean, how many times do you actually take a full inhale of full fresh oxygen? I mean, we, we use the shallow breathing all day long to keep us alive, but actually taking a full 
you know, lungful of oxygen in and holding it in there and then blowing it out is probably one of the best things you can do for your immune system. It's completely free. You know, just little things that you can do, the, 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 the Wim Hof breathing technique, the, the cold showers. Um, oh, I'm, I'm starting to do my cold showers now and I'm, I'm going for a swim, a, a natural swim on oh, Wednesday. Amazing. Um, I am laughing, Leanne, because you're describing the deep breaths and I'm Both watching. We're doing a deep breath. <laughs> Are you doing it? Yes, it worked. <laughs> Although I'm in Sylvia's new kitchen and I don't think there's so much as paint fumes in here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> oh, you'll love it. I mean, I've got my boys both into. Um, like the Wim Hof style breathing and the cold showers. And um, honestly, I mean, I don't know if you, either of you got teenagers, but my 15 year old, especially, he he does it every night now before before he goes to bed and has a, a cold bath or a cold shower. The difference in him as in personality wise as well, it's just like a different child. And the only thing I can equate yeah. it to is that, and just that having that, because I think at the moment we're so, bombarded with everybody else's opinions like from the minute you wake up in the morning you are flooded on your social media your emails you know everything and I think it's just about taking that time out for yourself and just clearing your head and I think for teenagers as well they never ever get a chance to actually be alone with their own thoughts and actually you know hear that you know that little voice inside your head that's you you know, we kind of bury it down. They don't ever get to hear that because they're just like banged with Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and all of these other devices. Um, so I think it's really, really, really um, that we should, you know, be teaching our children this mindfulness. It should be taught more in school as well. And it does, it does raise your immune system. It does, um, it does make your mind stronger. So yeah, anyway, I've gone off a tangent about Wim Hof then. <laughs> Back in the room. <laughs> No, I think that kind of applies for adults as well. And I think Absolutely. that's one of the things, you know, like we've turned off mainstream news. We've we've turned off because we can't hear these voices bombarding us with the COVID message. What with lies? And, I don't mind a message, it's just lies, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But then I think it's also again that rabbit hole, isn't it? Of like when you kind of open your eyes to the way the world has been run, the way we've been indoctrinated, the way Hollywood was set up, the way movies can actually, you know, completely carve out our belief systems. Um, you know, we're, we're being fed how to think all the time. We have been for many years, for, for many, many years. But I think now it's even more um, accessible and in our face every single day. It's almost as if they've gone on this rampage to kind of make you think in a certain way. And it's... Um, unless you identify and also the social media thing of like what, what you post online is very different to actually the life you're living it's like a a highlight reel of of your day you know we were talking earlier christine about you know <laughs> is this visual today because we're both very real with no makeup on i don't know if you are now but i still am um but the highlight reel that you put on social media can be very damaging to your self-esteem because it's kind of like you're living two parallel lives aren't you yeah well, my Facebook feed's just all COVID, only COVID related. So people then think that that's all I, you know, am, but it's not. But yeah, um, yeah when we were saying that about my YouTube videos for Inform Scotland and my own personal channel, I usually don't have any makeup on. I look very real. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Good for you. My daughter's 
asked me, do you not think you should put makeup on? And I said, no, because it's not really about my face. It's about what I'm saying. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's this sort of constant pressure, especially for young people, to look a certain way. And there are constant images of how they should look. They all end up looking the same and weird. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's like I've got two teenagers. The girls are on the horizon now. And, you know, some of the girls that I see that they're kind of in conversation with or, you know, chatting with, taking out, um, <clears throat> they all start to look much of a muchness. And that's that's not a nice thing to say because they're all very individual, lovely girls, I'm sure. But the, the, phys the physicality of them is they've all got this, you know, certain way they look, the eyelashes, the lips, the the makeup. And I just think I wasn't wearing makeup until... Gosh, I was well past 18. I'm sure I was. It wasn't just wasn't a thing for us. And that now they're, they're, they're the thing is for them, if you know, if you know, if we went to school or if we had a, a get together, people would take pictures, then you'd have to wait like a few weeks for them to develop. And then if they even did come out, then we'd see what we looked like. Whereas now you, you go out with friends and within a, like a millisecond, a picture of you can be posted online. So it's that kind of pressure to constantly look good all the time which isn't it's not possible and it, it shouldn't be the way we we live our lives it really shouldn't it's really not about how you look it's the content of your character as a absolutely you have a meeting at 11 don't you i do i've just messaged the girls actually to say i'm running late so it's only a team zoom so i'm good but um i've just messaged them to jump on without me um we won't keep you any longer Leanne thank you so much for your time oh your cheery chat disposition cheery chat <laughs> cheery chat <laughs> cheery chat is very serious really but thank you for having me it's been lovely chatting to both of you and just um for the curiosity of our listeners street partner well, it was a long time ago. He was in Coronation Street for about 10 years um, and he played a character called Des Barnes who was like the the Romeo back then. I've, I've made him go grey since then. He's very grey now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he was like the bookie on the street. <laughs> yeah, I've never ever in my life seen an episode of Coronation Street, so I'm... Nor have I. So, so we don't... Well, I've never heard of your husband, but I have heard of you, Leanne. Oh, so, that's oh, very nice. Love it. Yeah. Every good man is that even better woman. So, so there absolutely, we go. Absolutely. Lots Bye. Of love. Bye. Stay safe. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it and you'll hear from us again soon. Lots of love.